0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And today is Thursday, February 22nd, 2018. And today we are reading from the Big Book. And we are in the chapter, More About Alcoholism. We are on page 30, and we will be reading the second paragraph. We learned that we had to fully concede that one paragraph alone. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy R., the 12 Traditions, Esther F., our text readers are Harlan G., Rita K., Liz V., and our newcomer greeter today is Jenna S., and the host for the second hour is Rebecca B. And the reference number or share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, February 22nd, 21st, excuse me, at 7 a.m. meeting is 11,076-11076. And the share ID for yesterday, February 21st, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 11,077-11077. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively at a vision for you big book study our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous and i will now ask kathy r to read the 12 steps of oa for us please
1: good morning everybody my name is kathy r and florida gratefully recovered from this seemingly hopeless disease. These are the 12 steps we follow as part of our program. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and have a good day.
0: Thank you, Kathy R. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please.
2: Good morning, this is Esther F., a very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions, number one, Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great morning and a pass.
0: Thank you, Esther F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous we read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes and I will be timing and I will say time when you have hit a little after three minutes singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that you share and be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the Big Book. We are <clears throat> in the chapter More About Alcoholism. We are on page 30. We will be reading the second paragraph. And I'm going to ask Harlan G. to read that for us, please. Good morning, Harlan.
3: Good morning, Monica, and thank you for your service and the rest of Team Thursday. I'm Harlan G, recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people, or presently, maybe, has to be smashed. Well, when we look at this paragraph, we are seeing vital, vital information. And the urgency, the the depth at which I accept this information, will mark the urgency that I will work the rest of the steps. We learned. Where did we learn this information? We learned it in the doctor's opinion. We learned it in Bill's story, and we learned it in the chapter "There Is Action." And when the big book wants to tell us vital information. It will spiral that information. In other words, it will repeat that information over and over again that we had to fully concede. What is to conceive? Conceive means to believe at a very deep depth to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. What is an alcoholic? An alcoholic is a person that has a physical allergy, the craving, and the mental twist which drives me into the food in search of relief from the pain of not eating and that this is caused by the buildup of emotions, this is the first step in recovery. Now the steps are divided into four sections, admission, submission, restitution, and reconstruction. Without this first step of admission, there is no reason in my mind to go and work the rest of the steps. I am not who, I said, who they said I was my whole life. My whole life they told me, you can do this yourself. Push yourself away from the table. Don't eat so much. You'll feel better. You pull yourself up by the bootstraps, young man, and you are telling me the truth. And that is, I cannot do this by myself. The delusion, what is a delusion? Something that appears real but is not, that we are like other people or presently maybe, has to be smashed. And where do I smash that? I smash it in looking at my actions over the last decades of my life. This delusion must be smashed in order for me to understand that I require, I necessitate a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. This chapter originally was the working title was more truth about alcoholism because they didn't want us to seem like experts on alcoholism. They made them yank that word out of there. And in this chapter, we are not going to be looking at people who were drunk and couldn't get sober. We are going to be looking at people who were sober And because of the buildup of those emotions, their mental twist drove them irresistibly into the alcohol, and the allergy made it impossible for them to stop. And we're going to be looking at the insanity of alcoholism, and we're going to be looking at the fact that it is the thinking that precedes the first bite that is the problem. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Harlan G. And with that, I'm going to open up the floor. And who would like to share on this second page? Larry K. Page 30. Larry. Roanne. Barbara. Rowan. Tina Barbara. Rowpan, Tina Barbara. From South Barbara. Okay, I didn't hear anybody. Okay, Becca this is who I got R. so far. I've got Larry, Roanne, and Barbara. That's it. Sherry. R- Sherry F. Tina South Tina F. Kim. G. Tina S. Tina S. Madam. Matt, Gotcha Matt. I can't write. Becca R. R. Say that again, R. Becca R. Becca.
4: Nancy R.
0: Nancy R. Woo-hoo, we are getting quite a crew here this morning. All right, anybody else? Okay, that's it. This is what I got. Larry K., Roanne, Barbara E., Sherry F., Kim G., Tina S., Matt M., Rebecca R and Nancy R. So Larry, you're up, and then it'll
5: be Roanne. <laughs> Good morning, Monica. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Larry K, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. The, um, you know, I want to piggyback on what 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 Harlan said. See, to concede is is to concede to something is to surrender. To surrender is to give up unconditionally. And you know, one of the most famous military surrenders. that can help to inform me happened on April 9th, 1865. I, I, I was just, just finished a book, and, and, and Robert E. Lee surrendered his army of, in northern Virginia after abandoning the, the Confederate capital, and, and he was surrounded, and he was outnumbered. And, and you know what happened next when he surrendered? Lee went back to his, uh, he addressed his troops, thousands, and they walked past Union generals stacking their rifles one at a time. So my question is, have you stacked your binge foods? Have you stacked your rifles entirely and walked towards the bridge to freedom? You know, there was two doors for General Lee and his army and door number one was to keep fighting and they could roll the dice and they can see how it played out. And door number two was total and complete surrender. And how do we know they conceded complete defeat? because they stacked their rifles and they walked away from the fight. They walked down south towards liberation. If you surrender completely to the moments as they pass, you live more richly. That's what I found in those moments. And, you know, for me, I was armed and dangerous. I hadn't stacked my rifle. What I did is I had a bazooka (laughs) I was walking around with, and I got rid of that, and I said, look, I put the bazooka down, but I was concealing and carrying. See, I had a tiny, cute little little sidearm and i wondered why but what what do you mean i hadn't surrendered but i was hanging on to the little cute little sidearm you know and i kept you know a little bit here and there but i i had changed i'm not i'm not eating the bazooka just a little bit i had conceded nothing we concede through action not through conception not through words we concede through action with that i'll pass thanks
0: Thank you, Larry K. Roanne, you're up, and I did not get your last initial, and then it'll be Barbara E. Roanne, we can't hear you.
6: Okay, let's move on to Barbara E. Sorry about that. Hi, no, okay. no, I, sorry, Rowan M. from New York. Sorry about that. I was muted for a minute. Rowan M. as in Mary from New York, a gratefully recovered compulsive over year just for today by the grace of God. I'm very grateful to be on the line today. Um, just to say, to piggyback off of what has been said, I had to fully surrender. And what did that mean? For me, I can't just say, okay, today I'm surrendered. I had to take action and action and action and more action be and continuous action and that for me shows my surrender. Every single morning when I do my prayer and meditation and my reading and my writing, that is me saying, Okay, I don't have this. I am a compulsive overeater, I am an addict. I am surrendering, I'm acknowledging that I have this, I need to do this and get my medicine every day. I am powerless, so therefore I need to take these actions. This is the first step in recovery. The only thing I need to do perfectly is step one, because if I think that I have power over this disease, I'm dead. Because every single time I relapsed, it was because I took my will back, and I thought that I could, I could win over this illness, and it was because the buildup of human emotions drove me into the food. It set off the the mental obsession, which then drove me into the food, and then it set off the physical allergy. And once you start eating. You can't stop. And that was the delusion that I had, that I'm like other people, that I could control it. And that was just not true. And it had to be smashed, not just thrown in the trash, smashed, destroyed, obliterated. And that was something really difficult for me to understand for a very long time. And this surrender... I didn't know what surrender meant because I was like, how are all these people just surrendering so easily? But I had to remember it's a series of actions behind the surrender. This consistent action was my surrender. Action, action, more action. There's more chap- There's no chapter that says into thinking. There's a chapter that says into action. And for me, it's the actions that save me a day at a time. It's working with others. It's getting out of myself. That's the only thing that works. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Roanne. Barbara E., it's your turn, and then it'll be Sherry F.
7: This is Barbara E. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for your service. Um, this This whole chapter is so important to me. The, first, the one before this gave me hope. Now it's bringing me back to the reality that I can't do this alone. It's impossible. I always had the illusion which led to the delusion that someday it would work for me. All I had to do is stay stopped, get thin, and then I could go out and be like a normal person. I could eat anything I wanted in moderation and go on with my life. But I don't know what moderation means. And each time I did it, gaining hundreds of pounds each time, I got more and more disgusted with myself, waking up with wrappers on the floor, forgetting the negative consequences, the sweat shields, the washcloths wrapped around my legs, I would forget them. It's an obsession and a progressive illness. And even if I'm abstinent for 10 years, 20 years, that disease is out there lurking, waiting patiently to grab me by the neck. Once I stop working this program every day, once I think I can go out and put on my slippers and relax, I am doomed because I believe in my heart that my disease is getting stronger. I may not be an active uh, compulsive eater right now. I may be with my halo on straight. But as we always say, a cucumber turned to a pickle can never go back to a cucumber again. I have an allergy of the body, and this mental obsession can only be removed if I work all the steps every day, every day, and I never let up on it. And this spiritual awakening, it can't be maintained. It has to grow. I had the delusion. I wanted to be able to eat anything I wanted and not suffer the consequences. How silly is that? We all know the definition of insanity. I wanted that magic pill that would allow me to eat whatever I want, no consequences. But that's fantasy. And I can't live in the fantasy world. With this program, I will grow and all things are possible. It says if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. And I believe in my heart That with a higher power, I can relax, lean into it, and yes, 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 surrender. I've tried it all. Optifix, Weight Watcher, Diet Center. This works. It really works. Thank you. Destruction of ego. Restitution. Let's go for it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you,
0: Barbara E. Sherry F., you're up, and then it'll be Kim G., and we're on page 30, the second paragraph.
8: Hello, this is Sherry F. from Massachusetts. recovery, compulsive, overeater. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost... Oh, I'm sorry. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves. Um, I... um, from my my story, I came in um in nineteen eighty six I came into Alcoholics Anonymous as an alcoholic completely mangled at age twenty four I had no problem identifying myself as somebody different from the normal drinker because I was so mangled um I came to o a in nineteen eighty seven I was a little bit overweight. I was 10 pounds overweight. I had put the alcohol and drugs down, so I was going for the cookies. So I gained 10 pounds. But when I came to OA, I was not mangled. I was definitely not mangled. I was a little overweight. That was it. I wanted the physical part. And there my journey began. And I heard a woman say, Years ago, she said, when I put the alcohol down, my alcoholism took off. And I couldn't identify with her until years later. I was like, wow, yep, my alcoholism took off. As soon as I put the alcohol down, I continued to get into other addictions, but, try, you know, uh, didn't pick up the alcohol. I'd been filled with alcohol for 32 years. But the food, I was not mangled. I was just a little overweight. So I did... I stayed in a way, and I did it as a diet. I did it as a diet for the next 30 years. I needed to get mangled. I needed to get mangled with the food just like I was mangled with the alcohol and the drugs. But it took 30 years to get there and it wasn't because I knew the, the big book inside and out because I did. I knew the big book inside and out. That didn't make me mangled. That didn't make me feel like I was different from other people. I still felt as though I had all the power Um, and you know gaining a couple extra pounds just never did it for me I needed to be mangled physically spiritually emotionally and that's what it took for me to say okay Sherry you are not like other people you that whole idea needs to be smashed thinking that you're like other people because you're not but it took 30 years and it was what I'm, what I'm saying for me is what it took for me was more than just the physical. I had to do more than just gain weight. I, had to, I came here again because I was emotionally and spiritually bankrupt. And that's what keeps me here and all the action. Thank you, Pat.
0: Thank you, Sherry F. Kim G. F, You're up. F. And then it'll F be. Is in,
8: it's Monica, it's S as in Sherry, not F as in Frank. Okay, thank you.
0: Good morning, Monica. Okay, go ahead, Kim, and then it'll be Tina.
9: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. The delusion, the delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. You know, the big book is very specific. It's going to bring us through this chapter to the idea that we have an illusion, delusion, and then insanity. You know, for many years in, in the rooms of Over years Anonymous, what I heard and what I thought was I'm in denial. That's the problem. I'm just in denial. So here's the definitions of the difference. Denial is a refusal to admit the truth or reality of something. You know, I often hear I can't eat on the truth. You know, I can eat on the truth because the truth is at my weight, I can have, you know, I can go to Cinnabon and have a couple Cinnabons. That's the truth. I can eat on that truth. My problem is I'm delusional. So the, the uh, definition of delusion is a persistent, false, psychotic belief despite indisputable evidence to the contrary. I can't fight a delusion. You know, to me, I'm like the schizophrenic that hears the voices. The voices are real inside my head. You can't convince me they're not real. So I had to look at that. What was my delusion? I don't have a, a defense against delusion. You know, what is that delusion? I have to tell you my delusion was a delusion. You know, I had a friend, Melissa, I always use as the normal eater because that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the normal eater. And if we all meet for dinner and she comes in and she's looking at the menu and she's like, God, I'm hungry. And she goes, wow, wait a minute. I forgot to eat lunch. I've never forgotten to eat lunch. And she orders an appetizer because she wants to share it with the group. I think an appetizer is just for me. And when her entree comes, she often will push stuff to the side, and I'll say, what are you doing? she says, oh, I thought I was in the mood for it, but now I'm not. And she loves chocolate. She often has to, you always has to have chocolate as a dessert. And one of two things happens. Normally what happens is she says, oh, that's, that's too sweet. I can't have any more. Or gosh, I'm so full. After a couple bites, I don't want any more. You know, I thought when people said something was too sweet, I really thought they were lying, to be honest with you. That's a normal eater. I don't want to be a normal eater. What I want is I want to eat the way I want to eat, and I don't want the consequences. I want to look like my friend Melissa, and I want to indulge to the absolute most of the way my disease requires me to eat. And if I think I'm just in denial, and I try to work on being in the truth, my mental twist is just playing games with me. So once again, what I have to fully concede is that I'm in the illusion I'm in delusion and I am insane. And if that is my reality, I'm gonna need a power greater than myself to remove that mental twist if I wanna recover from this disease. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Tina S., you're up and then it'll be Matt M.
10: Thanks so much, Monica. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Well, some great stuff again this morning. you know such a short paragraph with powerful information, you know powerful information, and you know one of the things that i that I really have to for myself uh, really take from this paragraph is that I had to fully concede you know to give in and to give up that you know that I'm an alcoholic, you know that i'm a compulsive eater, that somehow some way, someday I, I cannot eat like a normal person. You know, and I lo- love that what it talks about in the previous paragraph, you know, a normal person or my my delusion, which is for me a very false impression or psychotic thought. I love, I love that. That, you know, that I can both control and enjoy. It does not say control or it says control and enjoy. You know, I can do both. I just can't do both at the same time. If I'm controlling what I mean, I am certainly not enjoying it. If I'm enjoying it, there's no control about it. You know, and, and I love that. You know, I know that today, and it has already been said. You know, and, and the proof that I learned how I learned for me was trying to do it over and over again and, and expecting a different result, but always getting the same or worse result. You know, and then by the doctor's opinion, for sure that I haven't. You know, and I have to learn that because I came here not believing that I had an allergy. I thought, oh, my people are just making excuses here. You know, but you know, today I believe that. You know, for something I cannot explain. Thank you, God. No, thank you, Bill, that, you know, that's the reason, because I can't otherwise explain it. So I'll take it. I'll take it that I have an allergy, you know, that I am bodily and mentally different. And that's what it tells me that I need to concede to. And that, you know, my, my delusion has to be smashed. And the only way that I can do that, okay, you know, I start with step one. But let me just tell you, I cannot live there, or I'm in the disease forever. You know, the solution is in two through 12. Through the journey, through the process, there's a transformation that comes about that that idea is smashed. And that one day at a time, one day at a time, you know, I can live and be happy, joyous, and free and not participate in whatever affliction I have today because I can have many. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Tina S. Matt M. It's your turn and then it'll be Becca R. Good
11: morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Matt M. I got pulse over eater. So no- that we are like normal people, and presently maybe has to be smashed. You know, uh, it's not easy. Putting the food down is a really big deal, and for me, it's a very. It was a difficult decision, and I realized for me that um, giving up certain foods, I wasn't willing at the time. Giving up Oreos or Kit Kats or anything else, because I would have the stubbornness inside of me, a streak, a streak of unwillingness. I just, I just didn't want to let go, because that means I would have to change, and and I have a fear of the unknown, fear of change. What what is my life going to be like? I know it's going to be better, but you know, it's the devil, it's the devil, you know, you know, and, um, that, that fear of change kept me in the food for years and years and even struggling recently. And, uh, not too long ago. And I'm grateful just for today. I don't have to worry about that debate. Keep it out of my head. I just keep one step forward. One, one day at a time, taking one meal at a time. Some days are better than others. And not every day is a sunshine picnic. And, uh, Uh, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I just have today. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Matt. M. Becca R., you're up, and then Nancy R. Becca? We can't hear you. Star 1.
12: Can you hear me now? No, Hi. No, you sorry. Did you... <laughs> oh, did you call next? <laughs> we Nessa got you I? now
0: Becca. Go ahead.
12: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, this is my first time sharing on the line. Thank you. No. This is Becca R from Kentucky. And I just wanted to share that, um, you know, for so long, I wanted to be like, um, Kim G's friend, you know, I wanted to have the cake and pass it away or to eat like a lady, Um, or to eat half of a dessert and be done and not um, obsess about it. And I had um, abstinence before, and I can remember it like yesterday. We were at um, Disney World with my family, and um, I had lost the weight, and I was um, staying on a food plan and kind of working with a sponsor. And I thought, this time it will be different. You know, this time it will be different. And I can remember that first bite and the deterioration of my life from that moment um, all because of of going back to the food. And so, you know, today I'm here. I'm full in. I've got the sponsor. I've got the steps. I'm doing the steps. I've got the book. I'm willing. I'm open-minded. I want what you guys have. I hear recovery on the line. I'm 22 days abstinent and I've talked to my sponsor every day and I'm working these steps. And I just, I believe, I believe that it will work for me. Um, and I believe that that delusion for me is smashed. I am not like other people. Just like the alcoholic can never go back to drinking. He can never go back to just having a little or one beer or one shot or only drinking at holidays. I cannot have my trigger foods. I cannot have those binge foods. And um, and I'm grateful because I I have hope. And 22 days ago when I tucked my tail and came back to OA and asked for help, I felt hopeless. And um, I, I just appreciate everybody on the line, and with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Becca R. We're glad you're here. Nancy R., it's your turn.
4: Hi, good morning. Uh, Can you hear me?
0: You sure can. Good morning.
4: Good. Thank you. Thank you for your service. And good morning to everybody. My name is Nancy R. I am truly a grateful, recovered, compulsive, overeating. I've always been told that information is powerful. And... The most, one, the most, if not one of the most powerful bits of information I received is that I am not like other people when it comes to eating certain foods. Um, I married late in life, <clears throat> been an OA for many, many years, and that's when the rubber met the road for me, getting married to a normal eater. Really uh, forced me to embrace this program like I, you know, like a dying person. And uh, fortunately, I was led to a sponsor that took me through the Big Book, and I became recovered. And as a result, uh, I understand my addiction, my food addiction, like I never did before. And so, what I, what I have, uh, what I do periodically, I become a participant observer when I'm in food situations and I, I watch my husband and uh, other people, the way they eat, and, and I chuckle and I smile because they demonstrate to me every time. The, uh, um, the experiment is always the same. You know, the results are always the same, you know. And today I don't have to experiment because I know, I know without a doubt that if I try to eat like them, Uh, what the results will be. Uh, Recently, I was at a meeting with him and and some people, and the host um, passed around uh, cookies. And I watched each person took, each person except for one person took one cookie. And I watched the person sitting next to me, that person probably chewed on that cookie for 15 to 20 minutes. And that still blows my mind, how somebody could do that. And then the host, I had another kind and offered it to them, and everybody but one person said, "Oh no!" And they only had one cookie. I mean, that still blows my mind. But today I understand they don't have a relationship with with a, a cookie that I would have had. I taken one. Um, I probably I might still be eating them today. So I'm so happy that uh, I received this 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 bit of information. I didn't just read it and hear it. I have received it in, the, in my innermost self that I'm different. I am not like my husband. I'm not like other normal eaters. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I concede within my animal self that there are things I must do daily in order to keep the ability not to eat those things that trigger my obsession. I thank God for recovery. Thank God for Overeaters Anonymous. Thank God for vision for you. Thank you. I'll keep coming back.
0: Thank you, Nancy R. And we are, for those who came in a little later, we are on page 30, chapter 3, more about alcoholism. We are sharing on the second paragraph. We learned that we had to fully concede. And who else would like to share this morning? Ross M. Nessa R. Reba R. P. Reba.
13: Mary Ellen B.
0: Mary Ellen B. Mary B. B. Yes, B, B is in boy. Laura, okay, this is what I've got. Russ M, Nessa R, Reba P, I think it is, Mary Ellen B, and Maura Z. Go ahead, Russ. Russ, go ahead.
14: Can I I be heard? Now you can, go ahead. (laughs) Thanks, Monica. Good morning, everyone. Russ M, Recover Compulsive here uh um, outside of Philadelphia. So this delusion had to be smashed that we're not like other people. And yes, with, with food, I'm not like other people. I'm like a crazy maniac, but that's a microcosm of my life. In every other aspect of my life, whether it's financial, um, relationship-wise, uh, dealing with what the world is giving me, I'm not like anybody else. What one person can not really be affected by turns my world upside down. So it's, it's just funny how, and, and ingenious how this book is written and that it's not just about the alcohol, food, and narcotics. It's about our lives. Yes, life, life being un- unmanageable, but I'm different. I'm a different guy. You know, I look at my father-in-law. God bless him. He's a, one of those, Couldn't have a better father-in-law. The house could be falling down on fire. He'll say, oh, we'll get to it. It's not a problem. It'll be handled. Me, I'd be freaking out. If, if, you know, if, if the water in, in the kitchen is on for too long, you know, I'm getting a, getting chest pain. So I'm different. My life is unmanageable. And only, only one source could get me out of this. Only one way I can be out of this situation, and that's through a higher power, through God. Because that's how much of a wreck I was in, my, in life. And that's, that's the basic gist of what I wanted to say, is that, yes, with food, I'm just, I'm, I'm a crazy maniac. I, I can't manage it. And I need God's help. Having said that, in every other aspect of my life, I'm a mess. And that's, I need God's help to help me deal with life. With that, that I'll pass. Love you guys.
0: Thank you, M. Nessa R., it's your turn, and then it'll be Riva P. Thank you,
15: uh, and I apologize for interrupting before. I thought my, my name had been called, but I misheard. So um, this is uh, Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, these two concepts are intertwined. They really go together. Um, the delusion has to be smashed and I have to concede to my innermost self you know what what happened to me the first nine years that I was in a was the following I would be in uh, tremendous pain misery emotional and physical uh, emotional because I hated myself I uh, was really unhappy with my life with the way I walked with the way clothes fit um, you know obviously physically I was bloated uncomfortable You know fat my clothes were tight um and i would make a resolution to become abstinent and with the utmost urgency sincerity um you know that i could master and i would be abstinent for a little while and uh, relief started to sit in the bloating diminished clothes fit a little bit better and then the urgency of my resolution disappeared it's like oh okay i know what it, i know what to do i got it now and i will be back in the food again and so when i say when we hear the delusion has to be smashed it means that whatever false beliefs we have have to be absolutely and utterly totally destroyed like one would crush a fine piece of pottery or porcelain into 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 sand it can never be glued back together again and this is how you know the delusion that I can eat like a normal um, eater eats um, has to be destroyed to the point that I can never reconstruct it again when I can something to my innermost self I'm saying to myself i will never get it back not only now that i'm in pain and misery that i have this urgent um this urgent need and desire for relief but even after the pain starts to subside even after i get even a smidgen of of relief you know i still have to be convinced that i will never be able to eat like a normal person That I will never be able to save myself from the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind unless I stay entirely abstinent and I follow the twelve steps exactly as outlined in the big book, so that I can reach my solution and my true sense of ease and comfort, which can only come from God. Um, You know. Uh, I see this constantly happening, obviously I saw it with me, but I see it with Bonsees and bodies in program. As soon as we release starts, everything goes out the window and these this, this paragraphs are telling me otherwise um, and with that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa R. Reva P., you're up and then it'll be Mary Ellen B.
16: Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater back in Toronto. Um, we learned how did I learn i didn 't learn about who I was about by reading a book. I learned by my experience doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result and I learned through the misery and the pain of the food and how do I learn now that the food is down i 've learned that My thinking, you know, it says we learned that we were alcoholics. What does it mean to be a real compulsive overeater? Yes, I have the allergy of the body, but the greater aspect of my disease is my thinking. And this whole chapter is going to give me case studies and examples of people who knew about program, put the alcohol down, but the thinking wasn't kept in check um, and maintained and grown you know, with that spiritual um, growth. So I have learned the longer I'm around that my thinking is totally selfish. I was just away on holiday and I take myself with me wherever I go. um, And, you know, I just want what I want, when I want it, how I want it. And what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is life doesn't work that way. And what happens when I don't get what I want? Um... I become restless, irritable, and discontent. And the only solution, I love that word smashed. I love the description that was made. You know, when I smash something, it's not like it's in five pieces and I can glue it back together. Like I can't even put it back together. And I'm not supposed to put it back together because my thinking is so off. It's 180 degrees usually off because it's all focused on me. It's not focused on anything else. And it's certainly not in alignment with God so I am so grateful that this um, program goes so much deeper than the food um, and that no matter how long I stick around, there is so much more to be revealed. There is so much more um, to change, to change. And I learn, I learn by um, being in pain and discomfort and disturbance, um, and that's how God gets my attention. Um, but thank God I know what I do when I'm in that position and there is a solution.
0: Um, and with that I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Mary Ellen B., you're up and then it'll be Maura Z. Good morning, thank you.
13: It's Mary Ellen B. in Florida, recovered compulsive overeater. So I wanted to speak to this um, from a point of um, where I'm at now and that's um, being recovered for three and a half years and um, you know, being in a place where um, I can become um, I can become lazy. I, I take things for granted. I am an undisciplined person, um, and so you know, I have this delusion as time goes on and life gets really busy and and crazy, and I'm feeling overwhelmed. That um, I'm doing okay. You know, I um, I'm finding myself in a place where maybe I, you know, have less control. But again, you know, there's the delusion, the illusion. I'm I'm doing okay, um, but I'm taking back my will, and um, I'm not, you know, I'm not aware of that. And, um, you know, I've done this long enough. I tell myself lies. You know, I've done it long enough where, you know, I've, again, I've got this. But it says right here, no real alcoholic ever recovers control and so I can find myself and I did find myself um, in emotional relapse um, and that control I, I lost it you know I lost the control I didn't pick up my alcoholic foods but that um, you know the depression the isolation the demoralization um, I was heading. I was heading back to demoralization um and the difference now and, and this is what i wanted to share to people that are new or people that are maybe in relapses is it is only one day at a time it's it's one day at a time i can take today and i can make the, make a decision i can make a choice i have the tools i can dial back into a meeting and um what really helped me um, to come back to this, um, this chapter was talking to a newcomer uh, yesterday and sharing my story of recovery and hope and, um, you know, the joy that I found, the relationships that have been healed. Um, but listening to where she was at, um, it reminded me, it took me right back to this paragraph, you know, uh, where I was and where I have been and where I don't ever want to be again. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Mary Ellen B. Mara Z, you're up.
17: Thank you, Monica T. Mara Z, recovered in Virginia. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. So after nine or ten years, I was sitting where I'm sitting right now, as a matter of fact, and... I had returned to Virginia after living in California for two and a half years. And I had been without sugar until the September of '09, When I all of a sudden just, you know, I've been not abstinent, but I hadn't picked up sugar in like eight or nine years. And there I am face down in the sugar after all this time. And I knew exactly how I got there because I was angry, I was hurt, I was in a bad relationship, blah, blah, blah. Well, so here I moved back to Virginia and uh, specifically to an area because I know there is OA here. This is why I picked this part of the state. And so um, I can't get abstinent. I can't get out of the sugar, period. I mean, I just can't. I'm picking up stuff that I hadn't picked up in years. And I remember saying out loud for the first time in my life, one of these days I'm not going to have to do all this shit. And by that I meant I'm not going to have to weigh and measure my food, call in a food change, you know, read, write, go to meetings, you know, check off all the boxes on the tool list. One of these days, I'm not going to have to do all that shit. Well, when I said that out loud, I hadn't realized that I'd been keeping keeping that little secret to myself all those years. I was pretty, you know, convinced that I was a compulsive overeater. And I had taken steps one, two, and three, and four, and five, and keep on going. But when I said that out loud to myself, I realized that I had never taken step one. I had to sit there right then and there and fully concede to my innermost self that I am a compulsive overeater. There's no, you know, ifs or ands or buts about it. I'm the true deal because just being abstinent did nothing for me and I couldn't even stay abstinent. And when I was abstinent, it was white-knuckled and it was painful. This is the best gift that I've ever gotten, and this is from God, and that is to work these steps as if my ass is on fire and every day make sure I'm connecting to my higher power.
0: And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcy. And we've got two minutes. Who would like it? One chair, two minutes. Somebody have a burning desire Sue G. there? Suji, G. G. it's yours. Go ahead, Sue. Okay,
18: thanks. This is Suji. Um, I recovered from the um, compulsive overeater <laughs> by the grace of God. Yeah, my tongue's all tangled. Um, this, I fully concede, um, is mentioned again in a couple more pages or, or later on in this chapter. And this is um, the question that I asked my sponsees. This is a question for step one. Do you fully concede? And they say, well, you know, what does that mean? And I said, do you put your hands up and surrender? Do you realize that you can no longer eat your binge foods, that you can't listen to those lies that tell you that this time you can do it? Do you fully concede that you're a compulsive overeater and that you cannot eat those foods? And, you know, I get the I get the most honest answers sometimes where they say, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm going through a lot of things and I think my emotional problems, so you know, they cause me to eat. And that's, that's not what I'm asking you. So that's the question for step one. Do you fully concede? And I have fully conceded that I'm a compulsive overeater. Now I need to work the rest of the steps. I need to, um, be connected to God every day. I have to turn to him every time my thoughts go to food, in order to stay absent, in order to to hear the truth from my brain instead of lies. And I think that's close to two minutes, so I'll let it go at that. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Suji. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, February twenty second, seven AM meeting is eleven thousand eighty one one zero eight zero. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page one sixty four, followed by the serenity prayer. And Rita K, would you read that for us, please? Yes, good
19: morning. This is Rita Kay, Recovered in Kansas. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got.